There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Welcome to the following on podcast from Talk Sport. I'm John Norman and today alongside Jarrah Kimber at Lords, looking back at a 17 wicket day. Yes, you heard that correct. A 17 wicket day. New Zealand bowled out for 132 and uh, they could take a first innings lead. We'll find out on day two. But for now, we're going to look back at a remarkable day's play here on the following on podcast. So, uh, if you uh, didn't already know by now, uh, New Zealand were, as I said, bowled out for 132. Uh, shortly before the tea break on day one, uh, the Ben Stokes, Brendan McCullum, Rob Key reign starting um, in glorious, glorious fashion. Four wickets apiece for the returning Anderson and also the debutant Matt Potts. And uh, one apiece for Broader Stokes himself at uh, the only uh, dark moment of what was a perfect day, uh, an injury to Jack Leach, concussed and out of the test match. His replacement, Matt Parkinson, uh, winging his way from Manchester down to London. And he will bat uh, at some point on day two. When England came out to do that, to bat, they got off to a decent start. 59 without loss. Zach Crawley in the 40s. Alex Lease uh, there as well. And then, uh, well, a collapse. Uh, a little bit like the old school. Uh, England subsiding. 59 without loss became 100 for seven. Single figure scores for Pope, Stokes, Bairstow and uh, a duck on debut for Potts as well. So uh, we come back on day two with England trailing by 16. Folks and Broad at the crease and the match very much alive. Story of the day. So Jared Kimber, welcome back, by the way. I haven't done this for a while. Uh, story of the day, well, 17 wicket day, I suppose. <laughs> the, the story today is wickets, wickets and wickets, I imagine. Do you know what the expected wickets total that Crickfizz do is? Yeah. So essentially, you know, you bowl a ball and it tells you what the likelihood of wickets is. They, uh, so I talked to Patrick Newen and I said, tell me. And he said, six wickets. 
Six wickets. The balls that were bowled today, on average, would have given a bowler six wickets, and we had 17. That's remarkable, no? Well, yeah, if you believe the, the uh, if you believe the way they do these things, but, but even, if, even if you don't, it's remarkable. <laughs> I mean, my guess was he was going to say to me eight to ten. Mm. So even if you just do our eye test, it's still seventeen. It was, it's re- it's one of those days where I want to go through every single wicket and actually see what happened. A little bit of seam, a little bit of swing. Very few of the wickets had that much to do with seam or swing anyway couple of bad shots but not like a rash of bad shots we never really had maybe outside of new zealand start like a lot of wickets go in a short period of time we really it was like we have a wicket then 10 or 15 minutes later we'd have a wicket then 10 or 15 minutes later we'd have a wicket it wasn't like there was you know machine guns of it wasn't like a spree killing it was very very methodical today so every catch was taken as well that doesn't usually happen that's quite, yeah. Uh, you know, so, again, we could have had more as well. We could, Alex Lees could have been run out about 19 times. Um, I, it's, it's one of those days I'm not sure that you could fully explain how this many wickets happened, other than the fact that in modern cricket, it seems to happen a lot now. Not on day one of the test, though, does it? Not, not quite this regularly. I mean, we've seen England lose a lot of wickets very quickly. But first test of uh, summer as well... Um, yeah, well, it was it was surprising. There was some. I mean, we've got some good bowlers out there, haven't we? And Jimmy Anderson, Stuart Broad, Southey. I thought Jameson actually was certainly. He seemed like one. Well, there was a the first couple of overs at Southey Bowl, which I thought were were excellent. Um, but when Jameson came on, and he was kept back, wasn't he? They played uh, Colin Granholm bowled a few overs before he came on. It looked like the game was just starting to go, and then he bowled really well, and actually could have taken more than the, the ones he, that he did. No, look, I think New Zealand outbowled England today um, because England had the better of the conditions, and also they got the wickets with the new ball, which allows you to keep the team down. Whereas New Zealand, I think they were quite poor, poor before T. I thought they were quite poor after T. Then they kept Kyle Jameson off. When he came on, he bowled a better length. But just before that, Trent Bolted started to bowl a better length. That's when they really got back in. But I thought Jameson was incredible. I think the other four bowlers that you mentioned have 1,800 wickets between them. Is that right? Which, of of uh, four opening bowlers, I don't think we've ever had four opening bowlers in a game with that many wickets before. I, I'm trying to think of a, a, an occasion where that might have happened. Um, so, you know, in that, in that particular uh, thing, Jameson was absolutely brilliant. But I thought New Zealand's ability to pull it back was so much more impressive. Also, by that point, they seemed to be getting the ball to swing more towards that later, you know, part of the day than it had at any stage. Certainly, than it did for them early on. So, um, yeah, I think all. I think all in all, I think New Zealand really impressed us. Half an hour after tea, we thought the game was over. Mm. We did. We were all sitting here, weren't we? Fifty nine without loss, essentially. But here we are. And uh, absolutely no surprise, we're looking at Zach Crawley getting out on the drive. We're looking at Ollie Pope um, not looking comfortable. And we're looking at one hell of a crazy stance and positioning for, uh, for Alex Lees. I mean, I could kind of understand it. And if you haven't watched it, essentially he was, he was batting about two foot, foot, two foot out of his crease and essentially exposing leg stump. And you could just about see middle stump as well. To Colin de Granholm, who's bowling at 77 miles an hour, I could kind of understand it in a kind of, all right, I see what you're doing. But to continue that to Tim Southey, 
I thought was slightly strange, and so it proved because you just aim for the back. You know, you take you take court behind out the equation, although you don't. Okay, well, I just bowl at your pads to try and get get you bowled. It was a little odd. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure he batted particularly well, just even outside of that either. Um, look, it, look, I understood it to Colin de Granholm. I just, I think you, me, and Tim Wigmore were in here when we were all watching it together. My, my thought then is the same as now, which is, do you need to bat? Do you need to? Do you need to bat that extreme against Colin de Granholm? Yes, I mean, he got a very important wicket today, but he's, you know, he's going to bowl little swinging naggers. Do you need to be batting miles down the crease and outside off stump and potentially getting bowled around your legs for no reason? Um, the Zach Crawley one is, look, it, I think that's really worth looking at. Uh, he now averages 26 in test matches playing the cover drive. I think the, the global average is about 55, um, 60. Um, he scores off his cover drives way quicker than most players do. So we know he hits a lot of fours playing cover drives and he goes out to them a lot. He can't not play that shot. It's obviously that's going to be his problem. But with this, the way his bottom hand comes around the bat, Nassif Sang did a, a brilliant thing. But I think we all know now, well, I say we all, all us nerds who look at techniques know now that it's, it's basically his bottom hand is coming around um, too strong on the bat and that's causing the problem with the angle blade and everything. But New Zealand just kept feeding him until he went out. Like They were just like, we're just going to keep bowling full outside or stuff. If anything, they bowled too full. They could have just hold, held it back because he will drive even if it's not that full because he tries to get on top of people. And essentially, that's what happened eventually. It was that ball that wasn't there. Ollie Pope, the other one that you just mentioned there, He's batting at number three. I mean, what about that innings made you think he'll ever be a success batting at number three? Batting at number four is a possibility for him. The problem is also, if you bat for England, if you're batting at number three, you're an opener. Well, and this is the thing. Unfortunately for Pope, he actually came in after England had seen off the new ball. That's not going to be the case next time, is it? So, yeah, essentially, you know, with Root now batting at four, I understand the reasoning for that, you may as well just pick three openers, surely. Yeah, and look, I think we've been. I think that's an England tradition anyway. The whole whole three openers thing. But I truly believe at the moment that's probably their best move. I don't understand why you would bring back Pope, who's been dropped, who struggled against spin, then he struggled against Australia, and then you'd say to him, "What we're going to do now is against potentially the best new ball bowling attack in the world, or best three man bowling attack in the world." And Neil Wagner. And Matt Henry were dropped from this attack. Um, you know, and we're now just going to throw you up to a position you never batted before, and we're going to expect you to be really good. What I just I don't understand the logic behind that. Traditionally, you you don't throw young players in at number three, and it's I I just think it's a huge mistake. I think with him and Crawley, the longer they're in Test cricket the worse it is at the moment. But also, I, I, I completely understand that they might still be in the, in the six or seven or eight best batters in England and you don't have a choice. Moment of the day. It's difficult to pick out a moment of the day today, isn't it? I'm trying to remember, who was it? Was it Colin de Grandholm was facing and there was an LBW shout and just as the ball was coming in, uh, Kyle Jameson dropped his bat, which <laughs> I thought was brilliant. Um, Jack Leach finally getting a test in England, concussing himself, not bowling a ball, and then Matt Parkinson, who has been almost hand luggage for English cricket for so long, driving down via Keel Services, which has a uh, has a Burger King, a KFC. Um, uh, Have we been there? I don't know if, if, if we've been there. Krispy Kreme, I hope he stopped at Krispy Kreme uh, on the way down because there's no better way to prepare for a test match. Um I think that's probably the moment of the day, isn't it? What a bizarre thing. 
Uh, Brendan McCullum, you and I both know, is like all about you've got to chase every ball to the boundary and put every inch of your body on the line. Well, Jack Leach did that, concussed himself, and is now going to miss out on a test match. It's so bizarre. And also, Parkinson could come in and take six for, and Leach loses his spot. Well, it's Jack Leach, so that is exactly what's going to happen, <laughs> isn't it? I mean, this guy's missed so much test cricket because of really unfortunate illnesses or, you know, situations he's got with his, with his health. Now, he, he, hasn't, he hasn't played a test in England since 2019. He may never play a test in England again. And all because... He essentially risked his life and career to save one run. One run. I'm, look, I'm, I'm all, I like the McCallum method. It's a very Australian method of chasing every ball to the boundary and throwing your body on the line. There is a technique to it. We saw Daryl Mitchell at the end of the day plug his knee into the surface, and I was like, guys, it's not just about throwing yourself. You actually know, have to know how to dive and do it correctly. Um, I don't think I've ever seen anyone concuss themselves fielding a ball that was trickly. Also, on top of all that, I think, I haven't checked the exact numbers, but off, off the top of my head, there's been three concussion substitutes in Test Match Cricket. Two of them have been at Lords. This is a high concussion ground. I think, because I saw a tweet about this, I think that there was a Zimbabwean cricketer who was concussed twice. He was concussed on debut, came back and then was concussed again. Is that in, in Test Match? Oh, maybe that was in a one day. Yeah, so I found possibly. Yeah, Manus Labuschagne came in for uh, Steve Smith in the 2019 Ashes, and Litton Das um, uh, for Bangladesh was another con- concussion substitute. There might have been more in Test cricket. There's been a, quite a few in women's cricket recently. Um, either way, Lords in Test cricket has the highest uh, percentage of concussion substitutes you're going to find anywhere. So they always say they've always said here it's a bad um, ground for wicket keeping. Apparently, it's a bad ground for concussion as well. Yeah, home of cricket. Home of concussion in cricket. Put that on the banner. <laughs> so what's going to happen tomorrow? What is going to happen tomorrow? 23 more wickets. Um, That'd be nice. <laughs> I mean, it'd be incredible, wouldn't it? I mean, you can see England rolling through New Zealand again. Yes. I, I wasn't that impressed with England's bowling. I thought New Zealand... I just thought New Zealand batted really bad and England got the absolute best of the conditions. I thought after lunch, you know, I'm commentating with Jeremy Coney and, and I said to him, if they attacked, and they obviously thought we have to get some runs on the board because we've made no runs up until lunch. And I understand it, but the pitch did seem to flatten out at that stage and England weren't bowling particularly well. We know Potts went down with a, with a cramp as well. If they had just batted, De Grandom looked fine. Did he even play and miss? I mean... He he looked. If one of the one of Southie or Jameson had been able to stay with him for an hour, they might have made one seventy one eighty. And I at the, even at the time I was thinking, I think that might be enough. Now when Crawley came out, it didn't look like enough. But now they could have had a sixty run lead. So I, I think they they gave up a bit of an advantage there. I wonder if England will bowl as well again as they did at the start. But that said, New Zealand take the three quick wickets tomorrow and England get another new ball in the morning, you could be right. They could be rolled for 150, 200 again. I mean, do we think either team has it within them to score over 300 in this test? Well, I wonder if England would be able to come back as well as New Zealand did today. If England get behind the game in the way that New Zealand were, I wonder if they've got it in them to come back again. But yeah, I mean, and I do agree. I mean, everything's stuck today. Bear Stowe, 
took an absolutely brilliant catch to set the tone. Then they had that one that rebounded. On another day, one of those doesn't go down. Um, obviously, New Zealand will get better. Their batting will get better, you imagine, because they haven't had a lot of cricket. But whether it get better tomorrow, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not quite so sure. Um, and then, of course, there's the Parkinson effect, isn't it? You know, that's going to be fascinating as well because he probably won't come on to bowl for a while. And when he does, depending on the stage of the game, New Zealand will know that, A, he's, you know, there to be hit. He's still raw. I mean, he'll be on debut. And they'll know that Leach can't play the second test, probably, because the concussion protocol will probably rule him out the second test. So they can cause a problem for England by going at Parkinson. So that's going to be interesting to see as well. But, yeah, I can't see tomorrow being a a six-wicket day, that's for sure. No. (laughs) Even if Patrick Noon's stat says says it it should be. Uh, Well, I mean, we should get three wickets pretty quickly to begin with. So you would assume during the day that we would see more than that. I could see New Zealand making runs tomorrow. But by runs, I mean maybe 220. Mm. Um, I don't... As you said before... (laughs) not only have they not had any practice, they didn't have any practice in the first innings because none of them were out there. So it's not like they, any other than the grand home. I feel better for that yeah. so 12 ball innings. I, I feel better for making 12 off 77 balls. Uh, um, so I, I don't think, um, I don't think that that's going to make a big difference. I, but I do think that, you know, catches will be dropped and normal cricket will resume at a certain point. But I, I do want to point out just, that's a huge turnaround by New Zealand. I th- I don't think I, I I know they've struggled. You know they lost in India and, and drew the two series they probably should have won. I don't think there are that many teams as they are currently constructed in world cricket would be able to come back from that position, especially away from home. And it will probably be overlooked slightly because it'll be like ah oh, well everyone lost wickets today, but when they took their wickets and how they took their wickets, as I said before, you know kind of one of one at a time with pliers rather than exploding them out. I just thought it was an absolutely brilliant effort to pull themselves back in and possibly still get a first innings lead. We shall see. Find out tomorrow. Following on podcast will be back. Jared, thanks for your time. Uh, Steve Harmison will be alongside myself. Uh, and Steve Harmison was here earlier today at Lords. Uh, we talk about moment of the day. Well, uh, yes, there was a moment involving Jack Leach, but there was also the moment involving a cap being presented to Matt Potts. Uh, he weighed in with four wickets and two catches. And Steve Harmison was the man to present him with his cap. Let's hear what he had to say about One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. 
The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Moment of the day. It was one of the, it was just a, a, a surreal moment, to be honest. I walked out with everything planned to be said, and then when I got there, nothing was coming out. Um, hands were shaking, knees were trembling. Uh, to be uh, being given a, a great privilege to walk out into the home of Cricket Lords and be asked by an England captain. So I know somebody I know really well in Ben Stokes when he rang me on Tuesday to say, Potsy's going to play. Would like you love you to present his cap if you're around. Um, I'd have done everything. I'd done everything I possibly can to go and do that. Um, not because it was a Durham lad in Ben Stokes asking me, and not because it was a Durham lad who I was presenting it to. It was. It's such a privilege to be given probably the most prized possession that you'll have as a as an international cricketer or a cricketer of any type. Um, if you if you play cricket in England as an Englishman I think the best thing you could ever be given is an England cap a test match cap um, so to for that to be put on my shoulders to give to them was an honour and it was a privilege and I thanked Ben and, and Brendan for that and um, I just said to, to Matthew it was you know, you, it, it's something that you've got to enjoy the test the cap is something you enjoy it's not something that you you should take for granted it's not something that you should feel too much pressure wearing. It's not something that you should fear. It's something that you should enjoy because you know, you've worked so hard and fulfilled every dream you could possibly do to get yourself in a position to to get a, a, an England an England call up. And now you've been given the cap. You know the hard work starts again, and you've got to work harder. But you've also got to you know enjoy the time because the best time of your life is when you're playing international cricket. Um, and as we've seen in his uh, in his debut test match he's gone and getting four wickets um and to be honest there was nothing no real emotion giving him the cap he said oh you're very you know typical northern lad thankful um he took the the applause off the team he took the congratulations off the team i wished him well and and walked off the field and at the bottom of the stairs i went across to see his mum and dad and his sister and his girlfriend and wished them a, a great week. Um, and then the boys gone and getting four wickets in a test match. And for me, it's just, it's a dream come true day, not just for Matt Potts, for Ben Stokes, for, for Brendan McCollum. Um, and, you know, fingers crossed the batters can go and do what, you know, the bowlers have done, which is set this game up, hopefully, to be out of sight by the end of day two. And, I mean, it's very difficult for New Zealand to get back in a test match. But an unbelievable day for Durham. An unbelievable day for Ben Stokes. Fantastic day for Matthew Potts. Brought Anderson back. Um, and hopefully it's the first of many for England in the summer. 
So a big thanks to Harmi there. Harmi was actually part of uh, the TalkSport 2 team covering the second ODI between Netherlands and West Indies on TalkSport 2. Uh, Andrew McKenna and Roland Butcher um, here now to talk us through the action. And as I say, following on podcast, we'll be back following day two at Lords uh, in the first test match of three between England and New Zealand. The West Indies are expected to win. They have won. But actually, fighting it through, they got themselves into trouble earlier on in the innings. And we criticised them for that. So we have to turn it around and say, well, actually, we'll give them some praise because they got themselves out of the problem as well. Yes, you do. You must give them the praise for that. But at the same time, I think the Netherlands really, uh, what we saw today was their lack of international experience. And you cannot really expect them to be um, as professional and experienced as the other teams because of the level of cricket that they play and how often they play against international sides. So you'd expect that there's going to be some level of inexperiences. When they look back on this game, they will view a couple of situations whereby um, hopefully they'll learn from going forward as to where they lost this game. Perfect start, 100 without loss in 20 overs, and then for some reason for the next 20 overs, um, you know, they lost five wickets and um, they didn't score a great amount of runs. So that was one opportunity lost where, you know, you could have got a really competitive score. And then, obviously, when they, they bowled, did extremely well up to picking up that, the fifth wicket and then missed two crucial runouts, um, which allowed um, West Indies to stay in the game. And then Brandon King just grew in confidence. He got some support from Carty. And eventually, West Indies were able to get over to the over the line, but those just those two instances really, you know, underlines the difference between a professional outfit and a semi-professional outfit. So they'll learn from that, and um, at the end of the day, they've pushed them into the 46 over. So that in itself um, is a good effort with a, a fairly modest total to get into 46 overs. I think they did well. Four overs and three balls to spare for the uh, the West Indies. That uh, last one did go for the six. It, six or four, it would have been game over. But Carty finishes it with a six to finish. 43 not out from 66 balls. Uh, Ryan Tenderscott, we spoke about it at the time. We've spoken about it since. But those two runouts, absolutely massive. You don't need to execute both of them. Well, it would have been great if they had, but but one of them could have made such a difference because that just gets you into the tail a little Brandon bit more. Brandon King, a great series thus far. Oh, I'll tell you what, before we do, let's uh, let's hear from uh, Brandon King. You're our man of the match. You must be satisfied with your form. Yeah, I'm, I'm extremely happy so far. Um, I tried to do my best to just perform for the team with the role given, and um, fortunately it came off today. What do you love so much about Amsterdam because you're a run-scoring machine here at the VRA ground? Yeah, um, the pitch is good for batting. I can't complain. Um, fortunately, our bowlers restricted them to a low total, so I didn't have to try to do anything um, too expansive. Just keep it simple. How much more satisfying is it to score tough runs for your team? Yeah, definitely. Um, to, to take your team out of a bad position and um, get over the line in the end is very satisfying. Two red inkers. Well done, mate. It's been great to watch. Thank you very much. George Harper Jr. is the man uh, doing the interviews at the moment. So, uh, yeah, Ryan, going, going back to those, those run-outs... Uh, Big, big moments. Yeah, the second one is a chance created. The first one is a such a basic cricket error. Um, you'd want to get that right 99 times out of 100. 
And I think that's just game awareness and a, and a lack of exposure to, to those sort of scenarios. You know, these guys don't get a chance to, to be in a pressure situation, let alone just a very technical run out collecting the ball decision making uh, scenario. So, you know, that's something that they'd want more of. These guys have to play more cricket at a better standard. Um, and Roland made a good point. I think, you know, they, they've given a good account of themselves but absolutely leaves a, a bit of a sour taste in the mouth. You, you really feel like they had a chance there. They, they put that chance away, six down, half an end open up, very different pressure on King there. Um, and Roland again also mentioned that, that King hadn't finished the game and he, he's done that then one for his team. Let's hear from Peter Seeler, who's also in conversation with George Harper Jr. I think it's the, especially in the West Indies innings there, um, in our innings, um, when, when, when the spinners bolt sort of the back end, it was quite tough. Um, they, got, they got more purchase than the, we did. Um, so that, that stopped us from scoring sort of at 240, 250. I think I talked about it at the toss, um, which, which arguably would have been a, a, a tougher score to get. Uh, and in saying that, you know, having them, what was it, 99 for five, if, if I'm not mistaken, um, I think that was sort of like where we're, same as in New Zealand, we, we kind of let it slip of just not applying enough pressure. Yeah, how exciting was that middle phase? At one point, anything could have happened, and it was nice to see some young talent bringing some energy. As well. mm, yeah, oh, Sherry, how, how good was it? You know, and, and then getting a first wicket and sort of that first over, I thought it was great. Uh, they got us up, but I think if, if, if we're being totally honest, I think we dropped off too quickly. So um, with that, you know, as, as much as you can say, that nice energy, I thought it was uh, we, we dropped off too early in, in terms of be, to be really competitive. But some positive signs as well. Looking forward to a massive summer ahead. You guys are laying some nice platforms. Yeah, no, yeah, well, that's one of those things, you know. You say nice things, um, but, you know, obviously now now in the end you, you want to win. And where, where, Whereas now I'm standing with, obviously, disappointment. Um, but there, there's also a lot of pride in me, uh, proud in me where, you know, um, there, there's also a lot of positives, like you said. Uh, Max's innings, Scotty's innings. Uh, Sherry's debut I thought uh, we, we started really well with the ball Bussy came in with a very nice energy I thought he bought good pace and, and, and made a lot of time for them but you know it's not good enough to win games to be good in pitches you have to be good for 100 overs and um, yeah that's something we need to work on well we look forward to seeing it in the third one in the same place so thanks for your time once again Peter Peter Seeler speaking with George Harford I've got to say I really enjoyed that interview he was given a few chances there to say oh you know we did we, we did really well we thought but no, he wasn't having that. We dropped off too early. We were disappointing. The energy levels went. It would have been really easy, Ryan Tenderscarty, for him to, to have sort of taken the, the pat on the back there, but he didn't want to. I'm going to come back to you in a second because let's now hear from the winning captain, Nicholas Boran. Yeah, very happy. Um, as you said, as you said before, we, we came to Amsterdam to get you know get victories, um, to be successful. And I feel like we're doing a lot of right things. Obviously, it's a game of cricket and you can't have a perfect game all the time. Um, you know, today was wonderful. We are happy that we won. Um, obviously, as you saw there with the batting, obviously we had a little bit of a collapse, but then a wonderful partnership in the end. And that's what we want as a team. We want when batsmen are batting well, you know, stick it out there for the team and get the job done. And very happy for Brandon and, you know, Casey today. Yeah, some great performances. Obviously, Hussain with the ball as well, getting four. You must be really pleased with how your team's bouncing back in tricky scenarios. Yeah, you know, we are having healthy conversations. We we spoke about getting wickets with a new ball, and you know if we don't get wickets with a new ball, we want our spinners you know, obviously try to be as tight as possible, and you know, hopefully they get wickets for us. And you know today was today was evident that you know we need we need we need our spinners to you know actually bowl and you know bowl well for us. You know find ways to win games and know how to you know actually win key moments in the games. Well, you've got a series victories two 0 with one game to go. You must be looking forward to celebrating this evening. Yeah, yeah, obviously, you know, 
you know, every victory, you know, it means a lot to us. And we just want to keep winning. And, you know, you know, not only the victories, even the, the loss as well. Um, we want to, you know, enjoy, enjoy those moments and try to, try to learn as much possible from it. But in saying that, we will definitely, you know, enjoy the season. Well, you've been great to watch. You and your team have provided some good fun for the viewers at home. So thank you very much and well done on the series win. Thank you. George Harper Jr. speaking with Nicholas Poran. Uh, right, Ryan Tendiscus, let's go back to Peter Silas' interview. As I'll say it again, I really enjoyed that. He, he wasn't going to sort of take it. He absolutely laid out there that they, uh, they, they're genuinely disappointed there in the Netherlands. Yeah, he speaks so nicely, and, and Nicholas Perrin is too. I'm a big fan of Perrin. I guess the two things, if I know Peter, that, that he would have wanted to have said was you know, the run-outs and, and the, the chances that were created to, to give themselves a proper chance of winning the game. And the other thing would be to say, you know what, actually, we've given a good account of ourselves, but like a true leader, he, he sort of praises the good bits, but he sets the bar high for even next time. We want to be better, we want to win, you know, instill a bit of confidence in the team and, and also give them something to, to strive towards. And, and I think he gets it really right. He, he's, like I said earlier, he's a, he's a good talker and, and he really takes the team to heart and, and he only wants what's best for them. And I see an upward trajectory with this team. Harmy's still with us as well. Interesting to hear Nicholas Poran um, talking about the fact that they... Um, got themselves out of a few issues the thing with the West Indies at the moment though is they're self-inflicted problems yeah. so so at, yes you can give yourself credit for getting yourself out of the problem but when you're putting yourself into the problem in the first place you might want to address the first part rather than the second part yeah typical West Indies they've, they've do that quite regularly where they do put themselves in a, in a bit of trouble but I really enjoyed Brandon King watching him bat he hit the ball beautifully down the ground Casey Carty as well he's come in and he's just played straight on a wicket which had a little bit in it, where the ball was sitting in the pitch, didn't play as many cross-bat shots until they, until they got in, and then basically said, right, when the ball's coming to me, I'm going to hit it, ball. So I'm, I'm alleviating you know, the, the sort of LBW or the bowl dismissal. I'm going to try and hit the ball straight, and I'm going to work myself away in, because I know for a fact, if I bat for 50, till the 50th over, we win the game. It's as simple as that, because I'm too good. Um, and we've got so much time, and the run rate's at it, where it's at, and we'll Obviously, we'll, we'll catch the run rail as it goes on. So, yeah, it was a good performance in the end by the West Indies, but there would be a slight concern for Phil Simmons and Nicholas Poran at what happened at the top of the order. Um, but the West Indies basically have a little bit of a banana skin this going over to the Netherlands before the Pakistan series. And if they come away with 30 points after three wins, I don't think it will really matter how the performances are because the one thing they'll not want to do is go through that qualification stage again. Well, they're on the plane to, um, I think it's Islamabad on, on Sunday, and then they're getting a charter plane to Multan for the, uh, for the matches. Here's a thought for you. Um, obviously, now, this is the advantage of the, of the Super League and the fact that we've got a live game. In the past, 2-0 that we want to play, you might sort of rest and rotate. I wonder if the West Indies wouldn't actually mind if we played a third game on this surface, because although it's getting tired and slower and lower... Is that better practice for what they're going to than actually having a nice fresh green pitch for the game on Saturday in this game? I just wonder if there might actually be an advantage from a West Indian point of view. Would you fancy that, Roland, or not? Well, they might prefer that, but I don't think they're going to get that because I guess international rules are, are such that um, we haven't had a situation where they've played three games on the same pitch. But I get the point what you're trying to make is that you know, to be playing on a worn pitch um, because when you get to Pakistan it's not going to be easy and uh, maybe a bit of experience of playing on this type of pitch here would help you but I think 
certainly in this next game, I believe they'll give a couple of other players some opportunities to get a bit of match practice, uh, certainly before they get to Pakistan, because you're going to need more than 11 players playing well in Pakistan. You're going to have to have 14 or 15 players in good nick. So it's important for them to do that. I think Brandon King um, has shown that, you know, if given the opportunity in these two matches, you know, that you, you can play a bit. Um, his innings today particularly, um, it wasn't one where he could throw a caution to the wind. Um, it came at a time when West Indies were in a bit of bother. Five wickets down, you look in the, you look on the bench, you don't see a lot of batting coming. Um, so it was important for him to, you know, just hang in there. Um, so from that point of view, I think there's, that's a positive. At the same time, I think West Indies still have a lot of questions to answer. I think they're, they're bowling at the start. I think generally lacked that sort of fire that's going to really worry the top sides. And that must be something that they have to think about. And as we know, occasionally the batting collapses that you have just like today. So they've still got a lot of answers um, to find for the questions that will be posed in Pakistan. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.